Tim makes a bummy like to talk. Tim makes a bummy like to talk. Tim makes a bummy like to talk. I get the fuck in, I get the talk in. Give it up. Give it up. Welcome to the second episode of the Tim Weichselbaum Show. That is my name. I am in my living room. That's why it is so echoey. I do not have a proper studio yet because I'm just a beginner. There's no reason to set up a bunch of fancy acoustic equipment and make it sound like a Tom Segura quality level packet. This is in the very early stages of the show where I... Uh, don't really care about it yet. I don't really care if people are watching. I don't care if it's good. The point is to just do it and, and just get it over. Just do it. <laughs> Every week, no matter what. No matter if I'm, if I'm in the mood, I don't care. I'm just doing it to do it so I could say I, I'm doing it. <laughs> so what are you doing, man? I thought you, I thought you moved, uh, moved to Austin, Texas to be a comedian. I go, ah, yeah, not, yeah, that was the kind of, that was the goal, I guess, at one point, but it's hard, it turns out it's actually, like, pretty hard to do that, and kind of, like, 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 intimidating, and, like, competitive, so I gave up, I mean, I just gave up immediately, I did about two mics, two open mics, I got on stage, I did, I did, I wasn't funny, just didn't feel like I was meant to even be on the stage, and then that kind of sucks, because uh, back in the day, you should have seen me like when I was like on a hot streak with doing stand-up back in the Chicago, back in the day. I used to be somebody. I used to drive a fancy car. I used to have a lot. I used to have darker skin, like now I'm all pale, because I just don't go outside anymore. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the sun. Afraid of getting a UV, and so I, I just, I'm just not anything. I'm just, I'm just one of the, just one of these millions of uh, so-called comedians that, that are moving here every single day. That just they, they just kind of get overwhelmed by the amount of com- competition, uh, and they go, I, I, I. they come from like another place. Like they move across the country to pursue comedy in Austin, Texas, and then they they see, they just get, it's just like that feeling that you thought you were meant to do it just goes away because you realize that, eh, you're not that great. There's just other, there's just so many other people that are like me and like just as good or have their own, like actually like have something, you know. I thought I was unique, but turns out there's lots of like very uh, anxious white boys like me that have the exact same opinions. Like, I used to think that I was unique because I kind of thought I stood out because I didn't go with the flow of, of being, like a, being like a, I don't know, super uh, um, liberal, I guess. I used to be. Like, I, I just wasn't liberal as, as much as uh, the average person in Chicago, so I thought I stood out. Now I'm surrounded by like Nazis and people that make me look like I'm lightweight in terms of that. 
not a lot of Nazis. Yeah, I haven't met any Nazis, but there's a lot of Trump supporters in Texas, in Austin, Texas. Like, it's pretty much like they're pretty open about it. That there, there's a lot of them. So I feel comfortable. Like it's good. I don't want to be the only person that has that voted for Trump. Um, that's open about it at least. So I, I, I just have to. I don't know. I'll talk more about that later. This is just a talk show. Like no nothing. No media. I'm not going to be playing any anything from my phone. I'm not going to be... There's nothing prepared except for a few topics to graze over. So the first thing is, I just... Dude, I've been going through like a self, uh, self-betterment self phase of my life. Like I kind of just been kind of hitting a wall that where it's like, it's time to, it's time to shape up. You know? Like I, I just always told myself that I have until I'm an adult... To shape up. Like, I'll wait until, you know, I'm in my 30s to actually be an adult. So I'm there. I guess I'm there. I'm in my 30s, technically. So I, I'm going to, so I guess this is the time where it's like, well, I, I mean, I guess I have to be an adult now. I fucked off in my 20s. Teenager years don't even get me, don't even, I'm not even going to talk about it. Teenage years, I didn't, I just didn't have any sense of responsibility. Responsibility. But now I feel like this is the time to make up for all the lounging around and all the just slacking off I've done in the past 31 years, almost 32. My favorite line from a movie is um, The Waterboy when, he, was call- when, the, when uh, he calls into this wrestler. And he's like, I was just wondering if you need a Waterboy, Mr. Wrestler. And he was like, how old are you, 11, 12? And he says, I am 31 years old. And they start cracking up at him in the fake lab. <laughs> That was a funny line. I am 31 years I'm 31 years old. I don't know. It's the way he says it. I'm 31 years old. It's a good age. It's a, it's a polished age where it's like you're old enough to look cool to younger people, but still young enough to, to, uh, to feel, to, to look super young to older people. I look young for my age. Uh, like I asked somebody how old they think I am. They said 24. I was like, you think I'm 24? And I could already, and I already have this badass life. You think I already accumulated this type of life in, in only 24 years? No, it took a lot longer than that because I'm a slow, I'm a slow learner. I'll be honest. Uh, it took me a long time to just speak my first word. I was like two and a half years old, and I finally said, Mom, or I don't know, I don't remember what my, I don't know what my first word was, but I was told that I, it took me two years to speak, so I'm delayed. I'm a delayed learner, late bloomer, and I think that is a sign that I have, that I'm on the, AS, that I'm on the spectrum, the ASD, the, the whatever you call it, autism, <laughs> Autism spectrum disorder. It explains why I am such a loner, why I don't care about being around, like, why I don't get along with people, why I don't want to have like, a lot of close friends. Because I get, like, I'm, I'm my own, I got my own universe in here, and it's big enough for just sake. I don't need anyone else in there. Uh, and like, I'm, de- I'm pretty like into specific things, but I don't care about other things. Like, if somebody says, hey, you want to go waterboarding or something? waterboarding is that a 
someone says that, I go, hell no, that's not part of my purview of what I'm interested. It's not one of my autistic interests, so anything that I'm not into, I have no interest in doing. Dude. If someone like disrupts my routine, get out. I get, I get super annoyed. I get uncomfortable. If someone says, hey, if you want to stop here on the way to your thing, it's, you can't. It's like, I go, hell no. Hell no. There's... So I probably am on the spectrum like a little bit, like there'd be a little faint line for me on the spectrum of all, on, on that spectrum because it just makes just what else could it, what else is wrong with me? So it's like a mild case. I didn't think I had it because um, I just, I, one of the main symptoms is, uh, is not being able to read other people's emotions or social cues. And I don't really think I have that problem as an adult. I could read social cues. I ignore them, but I I know they're there. Like if somebody's like looking at me, like, what? I, I I I like I I know that they're doing that. I could tell that they're really weirded out. But I have the superiority thing where it's go where I just say, well, you're wrong to be thinking about me this way. Like I could always tell if someone's bored. In our conversation, it's just obvious to me when somebody doesn't like what I'm saying or it's just they're tuning out. It's going, yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't have that particular symptom. Uh, but man, do other people <laughs> have that symptom of not having any idea when they're just uh, when they're supposed to stop talking? And uh, you know, I'm not a. I'm. It just explains why I'm so monotone. <laughs> And why I don't like being snug, like I don't like uh, certain textures. I like the texture of food more than the taste. I think the taste is secondary. The texture is what's most important. But um, but also, I think everybody kind of likes that. Is like it kind of prefers the texture to be good over the taste. Like the taste, yeah. Like I like the taste of ice cream, but the texture. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not gonna. It's hard to self-diagnose yourself with that kind of thing because it's, it's. I'm not. A, I'm just not the one to diagnose myself. I I did know that I have epilepsy before I was diagnosed with that back in the 2012 or 20 uh, 14 or something. 2013, I started having episode episodic episodes uh, where I I uh, for like about. I don't know, 10 seconds max. I felt like I was just like out of my body. I don't know. It's extremely hard to describe. It's like being on LSD or some psychedelic, but different. But just as hard as to describe as that. Having a seizure, having a, a, a seizure called a partial, it's called a simple partial seizure, I think is the kind that I had. Before it got it worse, the the kind that I first started having, I just felt like this feeling of overwhelming deja vu and jaima vu, which is where you remember something, but you can't quite piece together what you're remembering, or it's like a false memory, but it feels familiar, and it's overwhelming, and and then I felt nausea, and I, it just gets, it, it gets more intense until it just goes away, and then it just peaks and, plat- and it dissipates very quickly, and you forget. You forget everything that you are thinking about. It's like so surreal and, and hard to remember because it's, it's awaking. It's like a certain part of your brain having like an electrical storm overload. 
something going on, and it's, it's an electrical phenomenon in your brain, and it could spread to the whole brain. It, it starts off in just one little circuitry, and then it could expand and it could just be your whole brain just freaking out like uh synchronous activity between all neurons firing at the same time that's what a seizure is it's where instead of asynchronous neurofunctionality it's your it's it's your whole brain in sync firing at the same time so that's why you just that's why you like move around that's why you like you 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 jerk around because, I don't know, <laughs> that's what happens when your whole brain is being used. And mental stuff happens too. And and so that started happening in 2014, and then it kind of just went away. It happened like once a day. Every single day I would have this partial, simple partial seizure, and then it would go away, and then I would forget about it. And like, I, I mean, it wouldn't forget, I wouldn't forget about it. It was scary. They were super scary. They made me feel like I was going to die soon. Like they just because it messed up my brain so much that it just made me not. It made me kind of worry that I was going to lose my sense of self if I kept it going, let it keep going. And I don't know, I didn't know that it was epilepsy the first few times it happened. But I looked it up, and it turns out that that's what it was. I was like, oh shit, that is a seizure. There's nothing else it could be. It's not like a flashback. It's not like it's not like a thing that. There's nothing else it could have been, according to what I read, so that's what it turned out to be. But I couldn't get it diagnosed until a couple years later. Until 2017 is when I got diagnosed with epilepsy, the the most common kind of epilepsy. Uh, Temporal lobe epilepsy, so it happens somewhere in the temporal lobe, which is kind of like on your temples, kind of. And there's like weird, it's so weird. And so that turned, it's just, I just wasn't getting treated for it because they couldn't tell that I was actually, like, there was anything going on. They did it, you know, they gave me, like, a test. Nothing came up. So I, I just was like, well, that sucks. So I can't get, I needed to be, uh, like, on medicine for it. You can't just let that go untreated. You can't. I mean, so I, that's what happened. I let it go untreated for a couple of years and I was just having them every single day sometimes twice a day so it was getting worse and then it stopped for about 30 days and then it came back with a vengeance it just came back and I had it and then it turned into a full seizure and that's where you lose consciousness you fall you you hurt yourself hope you know that's the that's like the scariest thing uh so that happened when I was alone in my apartment i just kind of i vaguely remember something happening where i woke up i had to wake up to have the seizure and yeah it was like at 4 a.m i just remember wandering out of bed and going into my living room i had a one bedroom apartment at the time so i was bawling and i walked in the living room i just remember kind of falling down hitting my head vaguely and then just going right back to bed going right back to bed and then a couple hours later maybe i don't know 11 a.m for whatever i slept for a few hours and i i I noticed that there was like blood there's like this purplish deep red puddle of dry blood on my living room it was dry already but like all kind of deep dark blood that definitely came from my mouth 
And I looked at my mouth, and my tooth was missing. Like, I had a missing, half of my tooth was broken off. And it looked bad. I was like, oh, shit, I definitely had like, a real seizure. And so I just called my mom, and she said, call an ambulance. So I called an ambulance. I was on the second floor, and I just, I was able to walk around. So I just met the fire, tr- I met the ambulance downstairs. I didn't need them to come upstairs. I just met them outside. And like, you're the guy? I was like, yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. So they put me in the ambulance. We went to the, we went to a hospital, and, and then as soon as I got to the hospital, as soon as they laid me down on that bed, had another seizure. So they saw me have the seizure. They tested me. They could tell that that's exactly what it was. Textbook. And uh, they were like, yeah, this is what I saw. I remember seeing this in medical school. The exact results is what I remember seeing. You have, you have epilepsy. You have this kind of epilepsy. So we're going to give you this medicine for the rest of your life. And it works. The medicine I'm on works well. I haven't had a seizure in five years, four years. Yeah, you know what? Those are scary because you never know when they're going to come. And they, you never know what's going to trigger them. And you never know how you're going to feel when you get out of it and like so I have that and I was able to tell that that's what it, the point is I could sometimes you know what it is for like a thing and then the doctor won't agree until they have it until they actually can prove it they gotta have proof so if you're suffering from that definitely don't just ignore it and also uh, I'm gonna be so the point of this podcast is like, who's going to watch the whole thing in full, long episode form? Nobody. So I'm going to be editing little clips if I find like a cool, if I say something cool in a, like a, in a way that like kind of has like a vibe to it that I can make a clip out of. I'm going to make a clip. I'm going to export it. I'm going to edit it uh, and upload it somewhere. I don't know. I, I don't know. This is a sober... I'm, so I am going through a, a better self-betterment phase of my life where I'm completely dead-ass sober. Nothing going into my body except for coffee. So that <laughs> doesn't count as, as uh, not being sober Like for some reason. Like, caffeine is a drug. Everyone knows it's a drug. It gets you buzzed. Caffeine gets you buzzed. But that's it. That's all it does. And you could still think straight. So that's, I guess, okay to do. Like, it doesn't really count as breaking your sobriety, even though some people, I guess, would eliminate even caffeine if they're going for, like, straight-up zippity zero, zero substances that involve a, uh, a, a, a drug. Like, no, nothing. But that's it, just that. Other than that, I'm not doing alcohol, I'm not doing marijuana, I'm not doing anything else that's uh, recreational. I have curiosity for like new drugs like that I haven't like like somebody like you know like there's this ketamine thing going around like a lot of people talk about that and there's like a sm- small curiosity in me that's like what would that be like but I don't, I don't think it's a good idea to mess around with that with new, with anything I think I think I'm good but I'm pretty pretty dead set on the on staying sober for a little bit so I'm going to be talking about I'm going to be kind of making that a theme of the show until I, I don't know. Because beans, because this whole uh, chase of sobriety is also kind of like an addiction too. Like you could get addicted to being healthy 
in in like as soon as that goes away, you just goes away and then you just don't care anymore and you just go back to everything but no I don't know I'm new to this sobriety game and you know like like as soon as you you go as soon as you tell yourself that you're gonna rip uh stay away from alcohol and you, you see other people how they act on alcohol you just feel superior to them and you feel like you could connect better with people because even especially sober other sober people you actually have something of substance to say you're not just like hey yeah man oh man what are you doing you don't let your shit side show you she let your purity shine like last night and i don't know i don't got to talk about specific people but i don't know like i just sometimes like most of the time when you're on alcohol you let your ego sh- shine more. You don't resist the urge to like slap people with with your uh, raw opinion. And there's a lot of ego in the, in in the comedy scene, which is the only scene that I'm really a part of. Like I'm not a part of like any fan clubs, like Tesla motorist club. I'm just a that's nerd. No, I'm not into that. I'm into comedy, and that's it. And there's a lot of ego, and it's humbling, dude. I I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think I would get humbled by moving here, but there actually, actually, of course, I would be humbled. There's like actually like funny people here. There's actually like famous funny people, like legitimately famous, not just like a, like in the comedy world famous. Like Joe Rogan's a household name at this point. Tom Segura lives here. He's pretty much a household name at this point. So if you're comp- if you're in the same city as them, you're going to realize that you're not as funny as you could be. You're going to see, hopefully, unless you're delusional, that you're not as good as, as them. <laughs> so god damn it. It's a good feeling because it actually makes me want to kind of get better. Cause I just don't feel like I belong on stage right now. I don't like. I feel like a like a imposter, uh, and I am. I go on stage. I go. Yeah, it's my turn. I I suck. Sorry, I'm here. I used to think I was good at this. I can't. Yeah. So I'm I'm getting that feeling back of when I first started, when I didn't even know if I was meant to be there. So I kind of just want to see if I could even prove to myself that I'm uh, accepted as a, you know. And then maybe I'll, I don't know, maybe I'll actually try. Maybe I'll actually, like, try to write jokes. But, you know, maybe. Someday. Eventually. I'm working there. I'm still in business. I'm still, like, in business mode. I'm still in, like, trying to, like, I, I don't know like trying to be successful in other ways like business i'm better at that like most people get in uh quicker results in in other fields besides comedy which is the slowest field to get to get gratification in and, you know it's, it comes i mean it, that's also the you could also get instant gratification in stand up too but you have to work hard and long to get there it's not overnight. Instant gratification is something I've been kind of just 
injecting into my veins for the past few months. I have not injected uh, the vaccine into my veins. I don't know. People ask me that they, if I've been vaccinated. It's a very personal it is a personal question, but people do ask it very, very openly, and I guess I tell them. I just go, not yet. But I started dropping the yet. I just say, not. Are you vaccinated? Not. Yeah, I start, I used to say not yet to be diplomatic, to be like, yeah, not yet. You know, just haven't found the time yet. But now I just say no. Mm, no. I already had COVID. It's over. I hope it's over. We're down to 100 cases a day on average in Texas, in Austin, so it's it's kind of hard to get it at this point, if you haven't already. It's kind of hard to get it. So I, I've, been, I've been chasing a lot of instant gratification, like getting stuff delivered, which is not instantaneous. It takes about 30 minutes, but it's a fun thing to wait for. I just, I mean, I got addicted to the, to watch, to just ordering DoorDash and just just waiting for them to deliver. That's the fun part, just waiting. It's like, hey, I got something to look forward to. I was too lazy to drive to pick it up all the time. Like, and I would, I would get super stoned all throughout the day. And, and that just puts me into this isolating mood where I'm afraid to even go out. I was afraid to pick up food, even though that would have saved me money. And it's, you know, like driving a Tesla is fun, so that's not even... It doesn't even feel like you're losing money when you drive that thing. Because it's cheaper than gas. Like, I drove, like, two hours away. It only costs, like, a dollar or two dollars. Man, I love those things. Like, everyone's getting a Tesla now. That's crazy how many orders. There have, there's no inventory. It's just incredible. Like, that, that company is worth a trillion dollars. And it's only getting crazier. And I, I, I moved to uh, a specific, I moved really close to where the the new Gigafactory, Giga Texas, is being built. It's a massive building where they're going to be building this cyber truck. And I live like less than a mile from where that thing is, from that factory. I could see it from my house. I picked this location because I'm such a Elon Musk fanboy. But it doesn't mean I'm going to drive it to pick up food. Like, how shameful is that? No, no, no. It's a fun, it's a fun adventurous car. Like, I, didn't, I wouldn't recommend the super-duper fast one, like the, the performance model. Uh, it's just not necessary. It burns rubber. It's, just too, it's a heavy-ass car, and if you put it down on a thin tire, like a 20-inch rim, that only gives you a couple inches of tire. In, to support all that weight and traction and torque. So it just burns through them. And it costs, you know, it's, it's more like a race car than a regular everyday car. So I got the long-range model, which is, you know, it's the best of both worlds. It's, it's, it's all-wheel drive, dual motor, 0 to 60, and I don't know, 3.7 seconds. You could get a uh, you can get an option acceleration boost for for two thousand bucks software upgrade and it goes a little bit quicker. Uh, so I, I yeah, but if you are crazy, if you are into race cars or supercars, then I guess you should get the performance or get the extremely top of the line 
Tesla Model S Plaid, which came out a couple months ago, and it is insane. It's, it's the fastest accelerating car on the market, faster than a Bugatti Veyron, like faster than a, a million-dollar supercar, and it costs about $130,000, and that's, that's a lot of money. Like that's almost in the realm of Lambo prices so if you can afford that you're pretty much a rich person if you have that car i mean you know not quite but it's definitely on the cusp of yeah you've got to have a lot of disposable income to afford that and uh, you also kind of have to not value your life or the lives of people around you because that thing is going to kill somebody it's a rocket ship not literally, I mean, that's yet to come. He actually does want to put a rocket on his goddamn roadster, when it, if that ever finally becomes a thing. But this plaid, it goes 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds, motherfucker. That inflicts 1.4 Gs of pressure on your body. So if you floor that thing, you're... <laughs> You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to snap your head back. You're going to snap the passenger's head back. You're going to hurt them. <laughs> That's like 50 pounds of force on your whole body. Just And of course, you don't have much time to slow down. If something's in you coming up that you have to slow down, you better have a good perception of how quick you got to de-accelerate. And Jesus Christ, is that hard to do? If you go to 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds, you have less than a second to assess if you have enough space to slow down for whatever's in front of you. And God forbid you take it on a windy road and start skites and slide off the road. Jesus, so I, I, I just can't believe that thing's legal. And it has a, a yoke instead of a steering wheel. It has just a yoke. So you can only, it's like a go-kart. It's ridiculous. You hold it like with only from the sides has all these buttons on it, like a fighter yoke, like a jet pilot. You have to know where all the buttons are. Like, it's ridiculous. To, to, press, to, 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 to press the horn, you have to, like, reach your thumb up, and, like, it's awkward. I don't know. I haven't driven it. I've just seen videos about how it's, like, horrible. It's a bad design. But it's, there, it's, there, it's like a supercar. There's all these rich guys, you know, sitting in this yo in this cockpit that looks like a fighter jet mixed with luxury, just luxury. But it's a Tesla. It's not a Porsche, so it doesn't make like a, that big, cool, booming engine sound. Anyway, I'm not getting I'm not getting one of those. I don't trust I don't trust myself. It's not about the money. Like, let's say I could I I, I could probably somehow make do on that. I really wanted one, but Jesus Christ, I don't, I don't really want to be a murderer. I don't want to accidentally kill somebody in that thing, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I would be. Exp I would like. I already saw a news story about how some dude, like some twenty-something-year-old, bought one and immediately crashed it into somebody's house. That, like, within hours of driving it off the lot, he smashes literally through somebody's house. Leaves a hole in the house. Kills somebody. He dies. It's ridiculous. Like, thank you, Elon. Thanks for your dumb autistic br billionaire brain just jizzing out the most 
coolest thing ever without taking in consideration how it's going to kill everybody that ever drives it. Like, are you kidding me? It's a cool car. They just got to fix the yoke. They just got to make a better version of it. But also, slow it down. Jesus. So that's the whole thing about Instagram. I don't know. I already talked. So, like, delayed gratification is where you work on something for I don't know how long. Who knows how long? Like, the most... The thing with like that is like being a being a man, being a straight homosexual. No, not that homosexual. Homophobic. Um, just a straight dude who like is thirsty for love and sex, juicy the juicy kind, not like the cheap kind, like the good kind. You could just go to porn and jerk off, and you you will forget about it. You'll forget all about it. You for a couple minutes, you know, for like twenty minutes, thirty, and then you'll you'll start thinking about tits again, and then you just jerk off, again, and then it goes away. That's the easiest way to handle that emotion. Or you could, I don't know, get a haircut, work out. Uh, we're already talk. This is already taking hours. And then, you know, make money and, like, be hot, be cool, learn how to talk to people, learn how to flirt, learn how to ask people out, take them on a day, learn, and try to go down that road, the grind, and actually, like, get, like, a real woman to F you, and then that's the delayed gratification part, but even that... There's so many like little pitfalls you could fall into on the way up to that. If you like go on these t- these Tinder things, you'll be thirsting. You'll be seeing like you'll just be going after the hottest women. Of course, it's all visual. Of course, you're just gonna be, go for the like the oh yeah, to, she's the hottest, so I'm gonna go for her. And just immediately just start thirsting and trying to do whatever you can to get from point A, point A to point P. And then you, st- and then, you know. So I hope you got something out of that. I started a business in 2018. Yeah. So I, last time I did this whole sober thing was 2017. It was right after I got diagnosed with the epilepsy. I think that's kind of why it, how it ties into that, because I got prescribed these uh, anti-seizure drugs. That are pretty like, you know, you don't want to be on anti-seizure drugs unless you have to because they, you know, they have side effects. They're not the best thing to be on unless you have to. They're also used for antipsychotics. They're used for a lot of things besides that. And they don't even really know how they work. They just know that they work. It's a pharmaceutical that's been proven to work and it's, it's super commonly prescribed and I'm on them. But I thought that I couldn't drink on them. So I was like, I was just told... Don't drink on these. I don't know. Did they say that? I don't think they said that. I think I asked. I remember at the hospital, I asked, so what drugs can I continue to, to ingest in my body for pleasure to, and, to, and to get out of pain? Like, What drugs can I continue to do? And they said, definitely not heroin, definitely not cocaine. And I was like, whoa, 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 too quick. You're going too fast. What if I have to choose between those two? If I had to do either one of those, which one could I do? If I had to pick heroin or cocaine? He said, 
definitely heroin. Yeah, probably heroin because it doesn't rush, doesn't like cause your head to explode. I was like, okay, thank you. Not that I'm going to do that, but thank you, just in case. And then he's, and then he and then I said, what about alcohol? He said, eee. like he gave me like this hesitant answer, like, yeah, I would stay away from it. So I, I did. I just took it. Like, yeah, I went through this traumatizing experience. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I don't want to die. I don't want to have another seizures. Or, so I'll just stop drinking cold turkey. And I did. I stopped. I stayed off the booze for over, I think, a year, something like that. Maybe not quite, but almost a full year. And it was cool because just knowing that I, it wasn't an option made it so much easier to just relax about the pressure to drink and and the social situations of like oh i wish i was on i wish i had a beer just to like calm me for the social anxiety you know i didn't have a choice i had to learn how to be social without the booze and i you know i kind of was able to do that and i was kind of able to get better at focusing towards real life goals and getting better at comedy like i, I developed this angry voice i think from the i don't know i just was more clear headed and focused, and I, I felt more like a real person, and and uh, that's when I started this business in uh, 2018. I just kind of like just kind of just vomited out this thing, and uh, I don't know. It's it's doing very well, and there's no reason. There's no like end. There's no reason for it to end on a f- practical level. I like it could keep going. It has a lot of happy people using it that would be very upset. I think if I just if I just ended it, like like there's people that there's customers that use this thing uh, that have been using it since the day it came out. There's they they it just is a it, I found a niche. I tapped into this niche market and just provided a service. That does a, it does a good job of providing the service. Like it just does, it just works. But I'm ready to get out of it. I'm ready to retire from that business. So I'm kind of in this point where I I'm looking to uh, either just close it down or sell it to some billionaire, dude. So if you know any billionaires, please give them my number. So I want to. I just want to get out of this. I want to be something else. I want to have time to focus on the next thing, which is like just being a creative person, being a I don't know, an angel investor. Nah, you need a lot of money to do that. But I do want to get into a different uh, field. Like you know, I always I don't know. I could always be a producer of some kind. I could always run a comedy club. I think once I have enough money saved up i could run a start a comedy club and i think to do that you would start as small as possible location is the most important thing to start with location you pick a location you rent a room and then you could expand you could expand to have two rooms you know like a small one and a bigger one you could have a small one to have like an open mic and you could have a big one to have the shows isn't that cool uh just something because and also you know the it's people like me who run the comedy clubs it's it's people like me who we think we know what we're talking about. we think we know what's funny boy do boy do we think we have a uh a sense of who's who's talented or not and you just instantly it's just for power hungry people it's the perfect gig 
because comics will will absolutely do anything to get booked at a comedy club. If you just tell them it's a comedy club and you pay them like 20 bucks for a set, that will basically make them feel like a validated comic, like a real comic. They will suck your dick. They'll feel like that's a make-or-break thing. So they will just... You'll you'll just instantly become important to to people, and they'll be like literally like groveling like to get on your sh- to get on your sh- club. And I, hey, I like to feel important, so that's the only reason I would do it. It also just feels cool to run a cool thing, to run something cool. So it would have to be like cool. It wouldn't just be a business. Like ooh, I didn't make enough money. No. So there's this this thing called Shiba Inu coin. And it's starting to go up and it's like it's like the next Dogecoin. It's like pretty high up in market cap. I didn't inv- I'm not an investor in that one, uh but I I think I should have. I think that would have been one to invest in, but it's such it's just a trend. It's a trendy coin. It's like it's just okay. See how Doge is going up? Let's invent a new one. That's all it is. So I don't think it's it's like a good long-term thing. I think it will fizzle out over time. It really is just a, just a trend. But part of me is thinking maybe I should just look deep into it. I don't know. I want to be a long-term investor. I don't want to just be like, a, this looks cool. Maybe this will... No, I want to make informed investment decisions. And uh, that's what I'm hungry for right now is is making even more money and just being. I want to attra- I want to be able to afford, a, like a really like a, like a a gold digging a gold digging young woman. Just for the experience of seeing what it's like. Like of course I'll get over. Of course I'll realize that it's like shallow and and gross, and eventually, but but for now. Since I haven't experienced it yet, I don't see a problem with that. Like if, like I don't know, just pretending to be rich to get laid with like a young twenty-something like bombshell, like a ten out of ten, and it, like it's me, like she's okay with it, like she knows that, like she's not like a feminist who's gonna be like pretend to be offended that you're only with them because they're hot, <laughs> like, and that they will not admit that they're. Like, it's okay. You could tell me that you're only with me for shallow reasons. I don't care. You're hot. I'm getting something out of it. So I'm, gonna, I'm trying to do that. I'm, I'm in the process of, um, pre- of like, uh, pretending that I'm, like, retired and, like, just telling people, like, hey, I'm short, but I got to I got to uh, I'm making up for it in any way I can. I'm just going to rent a Porsche 911. For one night, just to make it look like I'm a rich guy. And then just drop it off right after the day. Just fill up the tank, drop it off. I'm not going to pay for any of the of the special bells and whistles where you don't have to fill the tank. No, I'll fill the tank. No, so that's where I'm at, basically, in life. I'm, 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 pre- I'm lonely. I'm definitely lonely, but I'm not rich. I'm pretending to be rich. There's nothing wrong with that. And, like, of course it's not going to last. Like, if the like best, case, best case scenario 
You get one of these hot gold digging chicks for like a night or two. You bang, you get what you want, and then you just never see them again. But I wouldn't want to go much longer than that because I can't afford it. Like I'm not spending, I'm not dropping a G per night with this type of person. I want to make it out. Like I want to make a profit. I don't want to like spend thousands of dollars per. Forget about it. Forget about it. So that's just something I would. I'm just doing, just for instant gratification. Just because you know I'm, I'm hungry, dude. I'm thirsty. I'm a thirsty man, and why not? I mean, that'll go away too. By the way, that thirst. That doesn't last in your 60s, 70s. Like it, I think it kind of. I think it does. But I'm not hungry for stand-up though. Like no part of me is like I gotta get on stage. I gotta be funny. No. I only do well. Like if there's a reason to do well. Like I have to be excited to go on stage. I have to have something to look forward to after. If it's just me and just my lonely going home and going to sleep, I don't know. It's hard to get the motivation to do well. But if somebody's like, yo, man, I'll suck your dick if you crush, then yeah, I'll, I'll try to crush. <laughs> it's like, and if they're not there after, afterwards, I get it. it. I didn't crush. If they're still there, I'll unzip. Let's go, let's go in the bathroom. I wouldn't want to get a blowjob in a public bathroom. I would at least take them home in my Porsche, in my rented Porsche that I have to drop off the very next morning because I don't want to pay for the second, because I don't want to keep paying like 350 bucks a day. Whoa, man. I would recommend being rich. Not, you know, not that I'm rich, but... Just the just the fact that I had like some modicum of success, it feels really fucking good. Like like running like starting your own business from scratch and actually having like people like actually having success from it, even if it's just a small amount. Yeah, it feels really fucking good. And then you and then you get to use that money for like your own pleasure and it's like you get you get you start to be like, Yeah, I get it. I get why you People do this. I get why people chase after this feeling, because it feels really badass to like get get yourself a brand new car, and just like have it forever until you crash it, because you're not responsible. So yeah, I talked about how I'm thirsty <laughs> for, for uh, shallow women. Cause yeah, cause like. <laughs> real like normal women like average like like you know like good look like decent looking but not like so attractive that they could get anyone they want i'm not into them because then they will actually like kind of care about my personality then they'll actually care who i voted for like if i got vaccinated like some bs like that and then it's like, dude, will you just throw away the charade? It's like, I'm hot. You're hot. Let's do something. Oh, you don't like that I don't, that I, that I don't support the, I don't know, that I don't support the free, 
that I that I that I don't want to kill a, every billionaire. I, that I, can we leave these billionaires alone, dude? They're not doing anything to you. God damn it. So yeah, I'm an anti-feminist. If you have a bunch of tattoos, if you have the nose piercings, sorry. I'm not paying 300 bucks a day to rent a Porsche to pick you up. If you got, if you, if you get that, if you, if you're just gonna call me a sexist, unironically, because you know, that is kind of hot being called a sexist like as long as it's not like in a vicious as long as you're not like gonna kill me you know like, stab me for being a sexist then it's kind of a turn on because it means i'm naughty and you're calling me out for being naughty and i mean obviously you're not too afraid of me doing anything because you're calling me it to my face so obviously i'm not too much of a sexist or else you wouldn't just say that to someone's face, like, a real sexist would be like, well, fuck you, and then, like, who knows what they would do, they might, like, actually be violent towards women, so you must, of course, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna say that to somebody who's actually, like, dangerous, who you think is dangerous, so if somebody's got me, somebody calls me sex, that's kind of, you know, I'm gonna pursue them if they're attractive, if, if an attractive woman says, oh, I know you, you're that sexist guy, I'll, I go like, oh, what's your name? That's, you, oh, you got my attention. Let's talk about it. Let's work on this. Let's see if I really am sexist. Let's go out. I'll, I'll take you anywhere. I'll take you to the, to the fanciest coffee shop they got. Let's find out if I'm really sexist. How about that? Let's, let's see where this goes. And then, hey, worst case scenario, they splash some hot coffee in my face, and big deal. Got a funny story to tell people. Or, you know, if, if someone dis- dejects me, rejects me for not being vaxxed, or, you know, like let's say we're hitting it off. She's in my Porsche, my rented Porsche that I don't know how to drive because it's a manual. So I break the, you know. If they if they go so like you know we're hitting it off and they get to the point where they are considering kind of being intimate with me so they they pop the question. You got the juice in your veins. Did you take the the Biden, the Fauci? Did you take the Fauci ouchie? I go yeah. See the band aid right there. Boom! I just got a band aid. No, I would be honest. I would say, no. And then if they go, oh, well, then let me out of this car. Okay, big deal. I get a funny story out of it. <laughs> it's not that funny this time. So then, just to end, just the end of this episode, uh, I, I go on Reddit a lot, and there's like an Austin subreddit, and uh, there's a lot of hippies, a lot of hippies in Austin, but like the, the violent kind, the kind that say we gotta drive out. We gotta show these neo-Nazis that they're not welcome here. And it's like, yeah, I guess. That's fine. You could intimidate them to leave, but... But they're, you know, technically they're allowed to be here. So you can't, like, be violent towards them just because they are neo-Nazis. Like, if, if you're being violent 
towards their them for their ideas. It's like you're kind of doing what a Nazi would do. You're expelling a certain group from your area based on their identity. That's what a Nazi would do. So just don't be a Nazi towards Nazis if you're trying to be a not a Nazi. Don't do what, like don't play their game. Be the better person and talk to them. Be like what's that about? Why are you waving a flag? Why are you in this like in this day and age? How are you still think it's a good idea to be a a Nazi? Like do you really believe, why do you hate Jews? Can we just talk about it? Because I know some Jews and they're cool. They're, there's nothing I, I see really to hate about them. So can we just talk about this? I think that's the way to. Do, I think that's the better thing to do than uh, just like throw eggs at them. You know, because they're not going to go anywhere if you do if you treat them that way. Not that they're going to go anywhere if you talk to them, but like they that's what they would. They're human. Like some of them would be like, well, I'll tell you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to tell you why I hate the Jews. And obviously you're not going to agree with them, probably, but but I don't know. Just if you give them that, that uh, I don't know, platform, they will go away quicker because they'll realize how dumb they look on the platform that they're on. Like if, if, if uh, Fox News or any news station gave interviews to neo-Nazis. You think those neo-Nazis would look good on in public discourse with all the scrutiny of social media, like picking apart everything? No. And then so it would look cringy to be that. If you don't give them any exposure, they look they think they're cool because nobody wants to fuck with them. So they think that they're like in this in-group, this like, you know, these 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 uh these victims of of censorship, and that's how they gain numbers. Because there's a lot of pe- white men that feel uh, that they don't have anything to to belong. They have no sense of belonging because they feel like their country is just going away from where they, you know, where they where it came from. So they they start falling into this this propaganda they see on 4chan or they go to the, you know these dark web hangouts and they start to feel accepted and they go oh okay I guess it's not that far of a stretch for me to wave for me to just go all full Nazi now because I feel so accepted by my fellow Nazis uh, so we we have to like kind of validate these white men in some in some way for them to not become extremists. I'm sorry, that's just how it works. Same with SJWs who are like all crazed and like hating white people. Like, like just hating everyone. Like they have to be validated too. For them to, or else they will, yeah, that's how you become an extremist is you just don't have that, you just, nobody is I don't know. I feel like when you're accepted in a group, in like a mainstream, like the more accepted you get in the widespread society, the less likely you're going to become an extremist. We can't, so we can't just be snipping off segments of the population just because we don't like them. Of course, you know, people I don't like that I have to deal with, 
Doesn't mean I want to snip them, snip their, you know, their balls. So I think that's a good place to end. I don't know. There's no reason to elaborate. My name is Tim Weichselbaum. This has been episode two of the Tim Weichselbaum Show. Don't read the fucking books, it takes too long. Don't have no time to just for serious people. Don't have no time to celebrate holidays. But we do like to do a bunch of droughts. Take your dick out if you got one. Take your dick out.